me and Steph Curry with the shot. Ben cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 202 of Curry in the Pot. I'm your host, Simi Got Mike Curry, and I'm back with another episode, man. This is episode number 202, and I'm here. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, and it's nice to be back. And it's not only is it nice to be back, but it's nice to be back and have a bevy of things to discuss. So, <laughs> we got a bunch of topics to discuss, man, so I'm just going to jump right into it, man. The GOAT Tom Brady finally says he's going to hang it up. We know he said this last year, but this time he said he's retiring for good. We also got Sean Payton becoming a new head coach of the Denver Broncos. D'Amico Ryans becoming a new head coach of the Houston Texans. Also, I mean, <laughs> we had a Super Bowl. We had a Super Bowl now. We got the Eagles taking on the Chiefs on February the 12th. I'm just going to lightly touch on, you know, things I like to see. But we're going to really record and talk about that soon. Uh, Candace Parker signing with the Las Vegas Aces. Aces stacking the deck, literally, no pun. Uh, looking to go back to back. Uh, Brianna Stewart um, changing coasts. Signing with the New York Liberty. Then we got LeBron, man, who's chasing Kareem, and he's almost there. So let's get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's been a minute since I've... I've stepped in and done an episode, especially a solo one. So, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Brady has decided to call it a career. Uh, he made this announcement and posted on our social media, and he made a video, and it starts with, I'm retiring for good. I know the process was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. He also went on to say, I really thank you guys so much to every single one of you supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. I can go on forever. There's too many. Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. So it's bittersweet. Even though last year when he when he retired, it's like, I had a feeling he was coming back. But now, you know, unless he goes Brett Favre on us and, you know, goes to the Jets and the Vikings and stuff, then, you know, has a retirement like that, then, you know, I guess I'll just be proved wrong. But it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy to see, you know, a legend retire. You know, Tom Brady was, you know, one of a kind, obviously the GOAT. Um, seven Super Bowl rings. Um, it's... <laughs> It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I'm definitely going to miss him. Just because it's like, I, I, I say this almost every time somebody that, you know, started playing during my childhood. And we're, we're obviously getting to the tail end of that. But, you know, when a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Drew Brees, when all those guys retired, I was like, damn, you know, it's like my childhood, you know, my I grew up with those guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, Tom Brady was in the NFL when I was in elementary school. Like, that's crazy to say that I'm 28 years old now, and he finally decides to hang it up. You know, I'm going to miss him. I'm definitely going to miss Tom Brady. I just want to thank him. You know, Tom Brady's a player where you, you either love or hate him. And, you know, for most of the reasons. My mom's reason is 
She was a Rams fan, and Tom Brady took that Super Bowl away from, you know, her beloved Rams, Kurt Warner in the game. And, you know, if you're if you're a Giants fan, you hate them, but you're happy because you, you guys beat them in the Super Bowl twice. If you're a Falcons fan, you may hate them. If you're a, a Chiefs fan, you could hate them. But you also love them because you respect, you know, you know, the way he competes, the way he the way he led, you respect all of those things and you appreciate all those things. I unfortunately was never, uh, you know, because I'm, you know, being a podcaster and stuff like that. I was never in a position where I I was overly biased against Tom Brady. I mean, I could, you know, see all sides, you know, people, why people loved him, why people hated him. But I always admired him just because of the longevity, you know, him playing for so long. And he has so many records, I'm just going to read off some of them. Tom Brady, regular season records. Game started, 333. Wins by a starting quarterback, 251. Passing yards. 89,214. Passing touchdowns, 649. Completion, 7,753. Touchdowns thrown to different receivers, 98. Yeah, that's never going to get broken. <laughs> Division titles, 19. Pro Bowl appearances, 15. Oldest player to win an NFL MVP, Tom Brady, 40 years old. Oldest player to be named to an, a first-team All-Pro, Tom Brady did it at age 40. Seasons with one team, 20. Only player to beat all 32 teams. That one's not getting broken again. <laughs> Postseason records, game started, 48. Wins by starting quarterback, 35. Consecutive playoff wins, 10. Passing yards, 13,400. Passing yards in a game, 505. That was in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. Passing touchdowns, 88. Interceptions, 39. Completion, 1,200. Multi-touchdown passing games, 28. I think Patrick Mahomes or somebody could break that. Game-winning drives, 14. Conference championship appearances, 14. Conference championship game wins, 10. Tom Brady's Super Bowl records, 10 appearances, 7 Super Bowl wins, 5 Super Bowl MVPs, 21 touchdown passes, 3,039 passing yards, 277 completions, pass attempts, 421, passing yards in the game, 505, completions in the game, 43, pass attempts in the game, 62, game winning drive, 6. Now say what you want. Tom Brady had Belichick. Belichick also had Tom Brady. Tom Brady had the defense. The defense also had Tom Brady. And I acknowledge that in those early Super Bowls, the Patriots were more of a defensive-driven team. Tom Brady was kind of a game manager, kind of just came in and did his job. But then as Tom Brady began to grow and mature, I felt as though him and Belichick needed each other. Tom Brady's taking pay cuts and stuff like that to, you know, build talent and keep talent. But as we look at the Patriots now, they're not the Patriots when they had Tom Brady. So Tom Brady, obviously going to get a bunch of thank yous and stuff like that. But from Mike Curry, uh, thank you for such a great career. Thank you for being a competitor. It's going to feel so weird next season to not watch Tom Brady I jokingly say this. I hope he comes back, but I think after 23 seasons, I think he's done. I think he's for real. 
kind of ruined his marriage. Career kind of ruined his marriage, you can say. But I'm happy for him, man. A career well lived. Seven Super Bowls. All the records I just named. This is crazy. This is this is unreal. This is unreal. I, and it sucks that he went out. <laughs> he went out via the Dallas Cowboys. Like what the hell? What the hell? But I felt as though watching the pay, the Buck. I'm sorry, the Bucks the last couple of years that things weren't going to quite pan out the way he would have hoped, just because uh, the talent in the NFC, the lack of talent on the Bucks. You know, it's tough. But Tom Brady, thank you for such a great career. Congratulations on a great career. You'll be missed, not by all, but you'll be respected by all, but everybody won't miss you. Let's move on. Got some hires. Sean Payton becoming the coach of the Denver Broncos, and I think this is a slam dunk hire. Now, do I think that Sean Payton's going to come in and lead the Denver Broncos to a Super Bowl? That remains to be seen. I doubt it, but you. this was a slam dunk. They, the Broncos, for a while, kind of had some pretty subpar coaches, if you look at it. Let's look, let's look at it right now. Let's talk about it. Now, I'm not going to sit up in here and name all the Broncos coaches, uh, you know, before my time. That, that That's just pretty ludicrous. But <laughs> let's get into these Broncos coaches. Mike Shanahan, who was their coach from 95 to 08. Uh, then they had Josh McDaniels to succeed him. Because Mike Shanahan was fired. Eric Studsville was an interim when Josh McDaniels got fired. John Fox, Gary Kubiak, Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio. These are guys. These are Jags right here. When I get to Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio, Nathaniel Hackett, Jerry Roseburg, who was the interim after Nathaniel Hackett was retired for those final games. And now Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton is just what the doctor ordered. And I think his time spent away from the game was good. So, what you get in Sean Payton is a, is a quarterback guru. And the way this league is set up, you have to go offensive mind. We look at the remaining two coaches in the Super Bowl. They're offensive minds. <laughs> oh, dude, no kidding. Offensive minds. Andy Reid and Nick Sirianni. Let's rewind to the to the championship weeks, conference championship weeks. Oh, it was Zach Taylor. Oh, it was Kyle Shanahan. Offensive guys. Offensive guys are the way to go. But I will say, if you're a defensive-minded coach, you have to have a damn good offensive coordinator. You have to. It's imperative because let's look at Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, his offensive coordinator this past, or well, the past couple of years was Scott Turner. Uh, Commanders fans, I, I, I already know that the headaches and the frustration you guys went through watching Scott Turner call plays. So, when you, you, you must, you must, you must have a good offensive mind in there if you're going to be a defensive-minded head coach. Now, obviously, uh, Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin, in a sense, have been an exception to the rules. They haven't had, you know, some amazing offensive coordinators. I know Belichick had Josh McDaniels all that time. But you can't really name a, a really good Steelers offensive coordinator. But the Steelers are such a, a well-run organization that you don't 
you may not necessarily need that. Who is the Steelers' offense coordinator? Let's take a look. That's right. The Steelers' offensive coordinator is Matt Canada. Uh, he spent a little bit of time at Maryland uh, before before joining the Steelers. That, but I, but I like him. I like him. I'm not gonna say he's amazing or he's um, a uh, a guru or you know the, the the second coming of anyone. But he's pretty good. I, I like some of the things he does in motion. But you have to you have to have an exceptional offensive coordinator if you're gonna be a defensive mind head coach. So Broncos checked off one thing, and I know you're gonna say Mike. Well, Nathaniel Hackett's offensive mind. The Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett because they thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. Now, is that that the smartest thing to do in the world? No. And I know you're going to say, well, Mike, you know, Russell Wilson, he didn't do Nathaniel Hackett any favors. You're you're absolutely right, and I'm going to get to Russell Wilson. But what Sean Payton does, a breath of fresh air, a great coach, um, you know, he helped with Drew Brees. Drew Brees was on his way out um, after the Chargers – Decided to go with Philip Rivers over him. And, you know, he went to the Saints and Sean Payton was there. And uh, we all know about Hurricane Katrina. And we all know about the hero and the legend that Drew Brees has become. But all of that, I don't think, would have been possible without Sean Payton. And we even look at when Drew Brees was on the tail end of his career, when he got injured. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater stepped in, went 5-0. and So... I trust that Sean Payton can get this thing right with, with Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson looked pretty good after Nathaniel Hackett was let go. So, in my eyes, what that's telling me is it was more Hackett than Wilson. But Russell Wilson did not do Nathaniel Hackett any favors. So, I don't know if he didn't like the guy or what, but he didn't help him out at all. Russell Wilson was bad, and we all know the blunders and late game situations in the red zone. Stuff like that that happened with Russell Wilson. So, he didn't do him any favors. But I think Sean Payton is a slam dunk hire. Uh, he's going to come in. And, yeah, I know. He signed up and joined a tough division. And you got Justin Herbert and Mahomes. But let's remember that, you know, there are seven seeds now in the playoffs. It's been that way for a few years now. So, it's possible that four teams from a division can make it. So, let's not write them off just because... He's in a division like that, you know. Worst case scenario, you lose four games to those teams. But I don't think that'll happen. Probably, you know, can split with those teams. The Broncos have a good roster. He's he's not walking into a bad situation. You know, I know Russell Wilson wasn't good, but you have Russell Wilson. Javante Williams coming back from injury. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick coming back from injury. Um, You got the tight end. Albert O, and I forget the tight end that um, started with him, Daltage, I think. And the defense, you got Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertain II, who was an All-Pro. I think Justin Simmons was second-team All-Pro, but Patrick Sertain II, first-team All-Pro. They they have, they got some pieces, man. They They got some pieces, and as we saw, Last year they were in a lot of games. The defense was the defense was was rock solid, but they were in a lot of games last year. The defense they held them down, but the offense just didn't carry their weight. And the Broncos could have easily been like an eight and nine team, nine and eighteen. Uh, they did give up uh, some compensation to get Sean Payton, but for an elite head coach, I say you do exactly what needs to be done. 
So I like the hire for the Denver Broncos, and I think Sean Payton's definitely going to improve this team. By how much remains to be seen, but I think you'll have him trending in the right direction. Let's move on to another hire. We had D'Amico Ryans becoming a new head coach of the Houston Texans, a team that he spent six seasons with as a player before finishing his, his playing career with the Philadelphia Eagles. I like this hire, and I'm kind of going to go back to a couple of things I said, but actually I'm going to go back a lot to what I said. I remember when D'Amico Ryans was a player for the Houston Texans uh, back in 2000, up to 2006 up to 2011. So as a kid, I remember D'Amico Ryans being a pretty stout linebacker for those Texans. And it's cool to see a guy that I watched as a player become a coach. I always love to see that. You look at D'Amico Ryans. NBA, you look at Willie Green, Ty Lue. I'm sure it's, it's other people I'm forgetting. Uh, when Steve Nash was a coach, even though Steve Nash wasn't great, it was pretty dope to see a player I grew up watching become a head coach. And that was just a couple of examples. But D'Amico Ryans, uh, he was really good for the 49ers. The defense was amazing. Unfortunately, uh, in the AFC, NFC Championship, uh, Josh Johnson played, so kind of sucks. But I like this hire. But as I said before, when you're a defensive-minded head coach, you have to get a great offensive mind in there. So I'm interested to see how he fills out his staff. As I am with Sean Payton, I'm interested to see who joins that staff. But D'Amico Ryan's for sure because he's a first-time head coach and also a black man. Not trying to get, you know, too technical with race and stuff. But, you know, uh, it's, it's no... It's no... It's no secret that black coaches get a you know a, a shorter leash and they get the short end of the stick. So I'm I'm hoping for success for D'Amico Ryan's. Like I said, I really hope he gets a really good offensive mind in there, and I hope and I also hope the Texans give him some time because they were very impatient with um their last two head coaches, uh, Lovey Smith and I forget the other coach's name. Mm. What is his name? It escapes me right now. It's going to come to me. David Cully. There we go. That that, that was his name. Guys didn't get a fair chance. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that at all. So, I hope that, that um, D'Amico Ryans gets a fair shot. So, we'll see. We will see. But I like the hire. I, I always love to see guys get a, guys get an opportunity. I always love to see that, especially a black man. Let's move on. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. And, well, is it, I don't, it's not even necessary for me to talk about it. We got the Chiefs and the Eagles going to face off in the Super Bowl. Uh, Rihanna's performing at halftime. Should be a lot of fun. I'm going to do a preview soon, but not right now. But, actually, because I don't... I just don't think the 49ers and Eagles game is worth talking about. But I will say I've always felt that the Eagles were a team of destiny. I went to the Eagles game when they played the Commanders here early in the season. And they boat raced this team. They boat raced them. And while I do think they have flaws, they've been getting exceptional play. They've been getting things that you need to win in the playoffs. Good run game and also a pass rush. Hassan Reddick. 
Uh, they even got veterans, Nadama Kinsu and Linval Joseph. You still got Fletcher Cox down there, Brandon Graham. Uh, the back end's been playing exceptional all year long. Slay and Bradbury. I think the Eagles have a really good shot at winning this thing. My gut actually tells me the Eagles win the Super Bowl. But that game was nothing to talk about. I'm not even going to waste my time or your time talking about it. Uh, Chiefs Bengals, hell of a game. I knew it would be close. I'm not going to lie. I knew the Chiefs were going to win. The Bengals, Bengals again became too trendy. And it really rubbed me the wrong way when Joe Mixon and Eli Apple were talking about how they're going, they're going to Burrowhead. I didn't like that. Just because I get it. He beat the Chiefs three times. Beat Patrick Mahomes three times. Joe Burrow beat him. Joe Burrow at the time was 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes. But they only won an Arrowhead one time. And then if you even break it down in the context again, the Chiefs and the Bengals, all those games were close. The Chiefs had to lead in the fourth quarter of those games. Unfortunately, couldn't pull it out. This time they pulled it out. I know some questionable calls. I noticed some flags that people have been complaining about and talking about. But I think it's going to be a hell of a game. NFL loves the storyline. Andy Reid going up against his old team. Also going to have two black uh, um, quarterbacks facing off in the Super Bowl. Um, should be should be some fun. Uh, but I'm glad the Chiefs are in it. I know the Chiefs have been like my low-key my team for the past five years. I, I said when Patrick Mahomes got drafted that he would be a star. Don't believe me. Go look at the tape. Go look at episode 150. I got a whole montage of what I said and Patrick Mahomes would be a star. So I've been riding, and I'm going to be riding, and I'm going to try to go to Arrowhead next season. I've been saying this for a couple of years now, but I'm going to try to get down there. Let's switch gears and talk, a, and, and talk about some basketball, but not just any basketball. We're going to talk some women's basketball. Candace Parker, the great Candace Parker, has signed with the Las Vegas Aces. This caught me completely off guard, but she has afforded herself the right to do whatever the hell she wants. Won a championship with the Sparks until that situation soured. Uh, came home, played for the Chicago Sky. They won a championship. So she's free to do whatever she wants. Now she's joining a loaded Aces team, loaded stacked Aces. This is crazy because the Aces now have four number one overall picks on their team. In their starting lineup, Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, Candace Parker, obviously, and Asia Wilson. This is going to be crazy. So, to break down everything I just said into context, to, to break it all down, Asia Wilson is the reigning MVP and defensive player of the year in the WNBA. Chelsea Gray was the finals MVP in the WNBA. Kelsey Plum was the second leading scorer last season in the WNBA. And Jackie Young was the most improved player in the WNBA. And now you're adding Candace Parker. And I know Candace Parker is getting up there in age. I know she's obviously on the tail end of her career. But let's just let's just take a look at her at her resume. I know she's 36 years old, but but let's just take a look at her resume. <laughs> it's pretty lengthy. Two-time WNBA champion, as I already mentioned, 2016 and 2021. WNBA Finals MVP in 2016. Two-time league MVP in 2008-2013, respectively. Seven-time All-Star. 
Defensive Player of the Year in 2020, All-Star Game MVP in 2013, Rookie of the Year in 2008, and she also won MVP her rookie year. She, she, the real ones though, Candace Parker, been a problem since Tennessee, since the Pat Summit days. She's been a problem. Uh, three-time All-NBA second team, two-time WNBA All-Defensive second team, three-time WNBA rebounding leader. She's on the, the WNBA's 26th and 20th anniversary team. She's on the WNBA 25th anniversary team. Candace Parker is one of the all-time greats. And now she's joining a stacked team who just won it all? Just won it all. I think they signed, um, I want to say, and you, I know a lot of you guys don't follow WNBA, but I'm, I'm excited. Alicia Clark is who they signed. Uh, she spent... Uh, many seasons with the Storm, uh, with, was with the Mystics last year. But that's another good signing. And they're coached by Becky Hammond, who I thought was a, an amazing hire. I Becky Hammond should be an NBA coach, let alone WNBA coach. Amazing hire, amazing coach, because she was bringing, and I want to pivot a little bit, pivot backwards a little bit, because the, the Aces coach before her was Bill Lambeer, and at the time they had the Twin Towers Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson. It just wasn't quite working. Uh, Bill Lambeer had them playing 1987 basketball. <laughs> but now, Becky Hammond, who spent many of years under Greg Popovich staff with the Spurs, has them running you know, some NBA sets and stuff like that. Very free-flowing offense. And we saw what her coaching did in just one year. One season, one championship. And I expect the Aces to do it again. Let's move on, though. Another slam dunk signing. Brianna Stewart signing with the New York Liberty. And this is a good one because you got uh, rising star Sabrina Nesco. And they also traded for Jonquil Jones, MVP a couple of years ago, uh, who was with the Connecticut Sun also. She's also from the DMV. Shout out to Jonquil. Uh, that, that's going to be a really good team. That's going to be a good team. Stewart, Brianna Stewart, I believe, is the best player in the WNBA. Uh, Asia Wilson's up there as well. Uh, but Stewie was uh, a game changer. So, uh, and you got Sabrina Inesco, triple-double machine. Uh, JJ, who's a beast in her own right. So I think the New York Liberty going to be scary. I would like to see Liberty and Aces in the WNBA Finals. I, love to see, I, I still take the Aces, but I, I love to see the matchup, man. Fun times in the WNBA. Let's move on. LeBron James. LeBron is currently 89 points away from passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time scoring list. 88 to tie, obviously. And it's going to happen very soon, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's going to happen Thursday, February 9th against the Bucks. Uh, and I'll talk about why in just a second. But coming up, they have the Pacers on deck tomorrow. Lakers are currently on the road. Have the Pacers on deck. Got the Pelicans. Then they go home, play the Thunder, and they play the, They host the Bucks Thursday, February 9th on TNT, national TV game. February 11th, they also play the Golden State Warriors on national TV. Could happen in that game. But I think it's going to happen on Lakers-Bucks. And here's why. LeBron James is kind of petty. Um, earlier in the year, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar kind of criticized LeBron many years ago. But early in the year, they, uh, he was asked in an interview, Zach, LeBron, what are your thoughts on passing Kareem 
at some point this season? And do you have any relationship? LeBron responded with, no thoughts and no relationship. So, ooh. <laughs> but he's going to pass him very soon. And this is history. This is another piece of history that we thought would never be broken. So another another piece of history we thought would never be broken. LeBron James is going to be the NBA's all-time leading scorer, ladies and gentlemen. And he's going to get to 40,000 points. And I don't think this is going to be broken again in my lifetime. Because the longevity of LeBron James, we talk about this all the time. And I just finished talking about longevity with Tom Brady. But the longevity with LeBron James is absolutely insane and remarkable. What? what how are we going to see this? How are we going to see this again? Not to mention he entered the league when he was 18. But not only did he, when he entered the league when he was 18 years old, he was him. When he entered the league, he was him. He was him. He was already him. Went to the finals in like his fourth year. He was he was him. And what makes it even more remarkable is it, it's because scoring isn't even his best. Isn't even his best quality. It isn't... <laughs> It isn't even the best thing in his toolbox. He's an amazing passer. Uh, he can rebound as well. And scoring a secondary to passing. He's a great passer, but he can score. And he passed everybody except for Kareem. And he's going to do that within the next week. And it's just remarkable the longevity and how he's been able to play at almost the same level. I think they showed his numbers since turning 38. He's averaging like 34 points per game. That's crazy. That's that's unheard of. You know, usually when a player gets the year 20, we saw Kobe Bryant get the year 20. We saw Dirk Nowitzki get the year 20. Kobe was on his way out. He averaged 17 and shot like, and I love Kobe Bryant, the late great Kobe Bryant. But he, he shot, y'all know that's my favorite player. He shot like 35% from the field and averaged 17 points. I know he dropped 60 on his way out, but I mean, you know, we're not going to see this again. I... I know for a fact I'm not going to see this in my lifetime, but I don't think this is going to happen ever again. Ever again. So, LeBron, congrats in advance. That's crazy for... That's just crazy, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the episode with that, man. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for continued love and support. I'm your host, somebody got Mike Curry, and I am signing out. Episode number 202 is done. Peace.